0: Welcome to the Owner's Box.
1: Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and manager of Little Red Better Racing Club, joining me as always from parts unknown. Michelle Yu and Michelle, I hear a big buzz on your end. What, what's going you on? You do? Yeah, you're like, oh, there you go. Now it got quieter. What happened?
2: Uh, nothing. I haven't even done anything differently. I'm j- literally just sitting here. Really, yeah,
1: you're just sitting there. are you not studying for the breeders' cup?
2: oh my God, okay, so I did a show with Pete already about like Breeders' cup long shots, yeah, um, but we had to use like uh the the your Euro- Euro- the european like whatever they decided prices should be,
1: <laughs> okay who, who your- um
2: and <laughs> I'm just like. They have horses on there that aren't even running.
1: Oh, yeah, that's bad. All right. Well, let's get into that. We'll get into that later. Let's not do that. We have a really good guest today. Aaron Wellman is joining us from Eclipse Thurbed Partners, one of, if not the premier partnership in the land. Wait, I
2: thought I thought Little Red Feather was our premier partnership in the land.
1: Well, listen, I think it is, but all partnerships are different, and these guys have been incredibly successful. I mean, their their numbers speak for themselves. They do a great job. Um, I have nothing but praise. For Eclipse, and uh, you know, I can't toot my own horn, you know, right? I can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen. um, Each each partnership is 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 branded differently, and I want to talk to Aaron about that. I think it's going to be really interesting. We've never had him on the show before, Uh, or maybe
0: did like yeah,
1: like a hundred years ago. So it's good to have back. They have a lot lot of uh, of, uh, Breeders Breeders Cup Cup runners runners. now. Now I hear like an 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 echo. echo. What happened? happened
2: Uh, Let's see. Is that better? Yeah. So what happened was my microphone was coming out, like, as my speaker, so it was really hard to hear, and now I've changed it.
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, we're going to give you, Aaron, a call right after three things of note. Michelle, what do we have today?
2: So the first thing of note is that it is pre-entries for Breeders' Cup coming up this week. Now, we're recording this on Tuesday. Pre-entries are due on Wednesday. No,
1: stop, Uh, stop. Pre entries were due yesterday. Pre entries will come out on Wednesday. They are the the committee. The committee is deep in thought right now, right as we're talking. The committee is deep in thought.
2: People ask me, like, do you get like a preview? Can you tell us who's in? And I'm like, no, no.
1: (laughs) We don't get shit. Believe me, I've been. I've been working the angles. I'm trying to get Beer Can Man into the turf sprint. Yeah,
2: did you you uh, sent Dora a basket of flowers, right?
1: I did. No, yeah, a basket of flowers, and it had a hundred thousand (laughs) dollars in it. Linda Rice, Linda Rice style. With all due respect, Linda, I love you. uh, no, it, uh, we did not do that. Uh, and I have this weird sickening feeling he's going to end up on the yeah, but so, he's also eligible list. So
2: he'll be number one and, and there's a good there's chance, you chance you get it. it.
1: Maybe, maybe we'll see. All right. So that, yeah, it pre-entries are announced on Wednesday and then next Monday is the draw. I believe.
2: What day is, I that? is
1: that? I think I it's that Monday. Idea. I think.
2: Yeah. It's a, uh, It's the 30th, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: So anyway, um but it will all start to shake itself out. We have some good breeders cup news um, um it, it, unless you're running in the turf, uh that race just got incredibly tough. Mustadeef is coming. Uh the horse that Frankie rode the other day that won the Championship Stakes, um what's Making his name? Steal. A King of Steel is coming. I guess the Rodent is coming. Those three are going to take a lot of action, and they're going to take a lot of beating in that race. Ooh, that's going to be tough. It's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun to see those kind of horses here. So that was number one. What's number two, Michelle?
2: Number two is uh, last week we kind of alluded to the fact that Pletcher's Breeders' Cup workers had worked, and Forte was on among them. And literally, like, three hours after our podcast got posted, they announced that he was I,
1: retired. I think, didn't I say, like, he's not running? Didn't I yes, say that? Yes,
2: but yes, but we, but we did, I don't think we expected him to be instantly retired either. He, he gone.
1: He's re- off to the shed. Good to see you, Forte. Um, Fifty
2: grand. Fifty <laughs> grand to breed him. Like a lot. Seems
1: like a lot.
2: Look, I get he is a four-time grade one winner. Um, he was able to carry his form from two to three, but I feel like 50 grand is a lot. It is a lot. For first year. I agree. Okay.
1: Listen, I hope, listen, breed them. I hope they do. And, and I hope there's some successful babies, forte babies.
2: Okay. And our third thing of note is that we are an owner's show, obviously. So I want to let everybody know that the owner's view nominations for the 2023 owner of the year are open now. Okay. Um, This is brought to you by First Racing, and in order to qualify, you have to have made your first start as an owner within the last four years. You have to have been a named ownership in a horse within the last 12 months that won a stakes race. Okay. You obviously have to have a a current license, Um, and... Then they will take all these nominations and find someone. If you think that you qualify or you know someone that does, you can email G F A L T E R, at jockeyclub.com. Previous people that have been on the show that have won owner of the year include Boat Racing, My Racehorse, L and J and our good friend, Sol Cuman.
1: Okay. Very good. Nice, Michelle. Nice three things of note today. Really quick and easy. And, uh, I know we're going to talk a lot of Breeders Cup stuff maybe towards the end of the show. Um, we are going to do our draft next week, which should be really, really fun. We'll announce that and uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll call Aaron.
2: Perfect. The Owner's Box is proud to be brought to you in part by Woodbine. We are thrilled to continue our partnership for the 2023 season. Live racing does continue throughout 2023 with a 4.50 p.m. Eastern post-time on Thursdays and a 1.10 p.m. Eastern post-time on Fridays through Sundays. The two-year-olds are the highlight of the weekstakes Stakes action this week with the South Ocean Stakes and the Frost King Stakes for the Phillies and the Boys, respectively. Don't miss out on all the action, and for all the information, head over to woodbine.com.
1: All right, back here on the owner's box, one of the biggest owners in the game. This is Aaron Wellman from Eclipse Third Red Partners. Uh, I was just singing your praises off the air, Aaron. Welcome to the show again. One of our very few, few, ti- two time guests.
0: It's an honor and a privilege, Billy.
1: You know, I think you were on some, like, probably five years ago, and truthfully, I can't even believe we're still doing this show. Can you, Michelle?
2: No, not at all. Billy likes to say that we've been doing it for ten years and we only have ten listeners, but our numbers belie that.
1: They do. It's it's become. I, I'm sure, Aaron, you're a huge huh. fan, right? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, Habitual listener on a weekly basis. It is a like, weekly show, right?
1: Yes. Do you listen to us like on the treadmill when you're doing, taking walks around Delmar, walking the dog perhaps? When is your owner's box listening time? <laughs> I, I'd rather
0: not say actually when I'm listening to you Okay.
1: Guys. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um,
0: no, I'm, I'm uh, just messing around. All good. Uh,
1: a couple things um, to talk about first because before we get into the history of, of, of Eclipse, um, Talk to us a little bit about the decision with Nest. We just learned this week she will be, uh, retiring and going into the sale. Uh, how did that come about? Obviously, I, I'm going to say one thing before you answer that question. When I saw her comeback race this year, I, I thought it was one of the most impressive races of the year. And I, I'm kind of, it's one of those things that's like, I didn't see it going this way. Did you, Aaron?
0: No, honestly, and I wish it had gone different after that comeback race that you mentioned. It's one of those things where you always try to do what's in the best interest of the horse, whether it's the lowest man down on the depth chart or, you know, the franchise player like a nest. And after the Breeders' Cup last year, she had had such an incredible campaign. I mean, it really
1: was... A season
0: for the ages. And we decided we were going to give her some time to freshen up. She didn't have any injuries. She required no surgery. And we sent her down to Stone Street Farm, which is where she was broken originally as a baby by Ian Brennan down there in Ocala. And she was magnificent. She had an incredible R&R time. And actually – We were so happy with her and her condition that we sent her back to Todd at Palm Beach Downs a little ahead of schedule and on the van ride from Stone Street in Ocala to South Florida, something happened and she got very sick on us Mm -hmm. and it knocked her schedule back. Yeah. And it knocked her schedule back considerably. You know, we were trying to come back for a race in the springtime and this really had her, you know, knocked back in terms yeah. of timing to get her season going. And she came back, and when she finally, you know, was a hundred percent, she was training like the old Ness. And like you said, the shoe V was breathtaking.
1: It was awesome. And it was an incredible race. Like I was like, oh, this filly is winning everything.
0: Yeah, and we we had hoped that that would be the case as well, and you know she just wasn't quite the same after that, and I don't know if she just outran herself on the comeback that day or if everything just caught up to her, but you know she ran a gutsy third in the Personal Ensign behind Idiomatic on a very sloppy track, yeah. um, and came back in the Spinster, and just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Oh, so, so we don't really slow, hold slow much. Slow pace, yeah, terrible pace. Yeah, yeah she she. Yeah, exactly. You know, she she broke poorly, got shuffled back, and, you know, it just wasn't meant something. to be.
1: And you know this Philly. I mean, you've had this Philly the whole, you know, her whole career, and you know her so well. And like you said, sometimes it's time, and why not do it now? So we, listen, I, I was just more saying that I was a big fan. Um and and it was just I'm sure. Listen, if it was disappointing for myself and Michelle and all of her fans, I can understand how disappointing it was for you. But the good news is she's probably going to make a million, an amazing uh, brood mare, and she's going to go to a great home. As I read something today, that what did I read? She's a uh, a collector's item, right?
0: No doubt about it, and. Look, coming off those two subpar performances, it would have just been really hard to justify sending her out to California. Even if she was telling us she's booming and wants to do it, we just have this feeling in the back of our minds and in the bottom of our hearts that maybe she's not quite where we need her to be to compete in a championship race like that. So the plan all along was to send her to the Night of the Stars. And, of course, you know, with her resume, her pedigree, her looks, I mean, she is the complete package. I don't know that we've seen a mayor come to the commercial market with her credentials since maybe Hav de Grace. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously been a couple others, uh, that, that have gone through the auction ring that, that are similar, but in, in recent years, mm. I'm not sure that any quite match up. So it's one of those things where it's extremely emotional to consider parting ways with a Philly that's meant so much to the Eclipse brand, to our families, to the respective families of our partners, the Rapoli family. Mike House is a partner on this Philly with us. So it's a really difficult emotional process to go through. But at the end of the day, uh, economically speaking, when these windfall events come your way, you've got to be prudent about it. And like you said, Billy, no matter who lands her, Come November 7th, we know that it's going to be an upper echelon individual or breeding operation that's going to get their hands on her, and she's going to be treated like the queen she is.
1: Yeah, she, she might be, Michelle and I are talking about putting a group together to, to try to buy her and we might stand, bring her out to California, but that's probably not going to happen. But I I have a serious question because this is important because uh, obviously I run a partnership. We've had some very nice mayors. Do you have partners that say to you at this point, like, hey, can't we just do it ourselves? Can't we keep her? I mean, Rapoli has mares. Mike House has mares. Do you get that question, Aaron? And and what is your general response?
0: The simple answer to that question is yes. The question does come about from certain partners, Sure. whether it's feasible for us to retain a mare-like nest, and we've been so fortunate over the years to sell. I think, you know, unless something unforeseen happens, she figures to be, I think, our 13th seven-figure mare that we've sold. That's awesome. So we've been down this road before, and the bottom line is Eclipse, while we have a boutique breeding operation, it's a very modest breeding operation. And when mares get to a certain point, as far as their residual value is concerned, they just become too expensive for us to hold on to. And while this might sound a little selfish, the way our partnerships are structured, our windfalls as a company come when we knock one out of the park and buy one for $350 that makes $2 million and is going to be sold for however many million in a couple weeks' time.
1: Right. So in
0: order for us to really justify continuing to do what we do as a business, as a partnership company, we've got to be able to make those scores. And it's not just selfish for Eclipse as a company to make those scores, but really if we're guiding our partners in a responsible manner, they've got to know that they've got to take the windfalls when they come because they're so rare, right, Billy? It's it's so hard to get your hands on a horse where you're going to make – Absolutely. multiples on the investment and even though our partners are not in the game in the business in the industry to make money for profit in our racing partnerships you've got to be prudent when the time comes and and a mare like her just transcends uh anything that would be even remotely considered as retainable makes
1: a lot of sense I, makes a lot of I sense go ahead have,
2: I, I obviously it's hard to put a number on a horse, but do your partners ask you like, "What's she worth? What's she worth?" I mean, is it hard to like manage expectations in that in that sense?
0: Yes and no. We have a pretty good gauge on where a base level of value would be for any given mare. This Philly happens to. Yeah. Sort of buck that, uh, knowledge to a certain degree, because I think that there's a base with which we would not part with her, but where her ceiling might be is yeah. unknown. I don't yeah. think any of us know when she walks into the ring on Tuesday night, the seventh, where the bidding might stop. And it might come short of where we hope it will, and it might exceed expectations but when a mayor of her stature her profile walks through that ring at phasic tipped in there is absolutely no telling where it might land and and like i said we're fortunate every partnership is comprised of different partners mm-hmm. but there are a handful of partners that are involved in this that have been with carolina valiance illuminant speech paved um you know In lingerie, queen goddess, these seven-figure-plus mares that have taken us to this territory before, but it would be somewhat
1: surprising if Ness didn't offer a multiple of those valuations. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is you're kind of used to this, so it's not a big deal. (laughs) Well, we, we're we lucky. So, it, it is a big deal. It is absolutely so. a
0: huge deal. Don't get me wrong. I'm not downplaying it. I'm just saying, like, we're lucky to be in a position where we can answer this question for our partners because we have been there. We yeah. haven't been there where I think this Philly's going to take us, but we've been there.
1: I was teasing you. Michelle, I know you have a question. Go ahead.
2: Uh, On the same kind of respect, Aaron, where you guys opt to not breed some of these fillies that you just listed off that were all sensational resources, you guys did opt to stand Aloha West as a stallion. So what went into the thought process of of jumping into the stallion side of the game?
0: Yeah, he was a unique situation. Um, Again, we've been fortunate to go down the road with – the Tapperts of the world, the Independence Halls of the world, and a few others, Kappa Buston, Danza got stallion deals. Um, but when it came to Aloha West, quite frankly, we weren't getting the offers, monetarily speaking, that we felt were commensurate with his potential value as a stallion. And there were several question marks surrounding him. He didn't run until age four. He only won one grade one. It happened to be in the Breeders' Cup, but he only won one grade one. Mm
1: -hmm. He was a
0: come-from-behind sprinter. Those are generally not the most attractive stallion prospect types. So he had some chinks in his armor that the stallion farms poked at. And at the end of the day, we had enough of a backing from – Several investors at Millridge who were going to purchase shares in him. That we just decided that financially we would be way better off standing him ourselves, yeah. forming a syndicate where our original partnership retained half the horse and then we went and syndicated the other half of the horse. Obviously, we generated a lot of revenue from those shares that were sold, and then we'll also generate revenue from his continual stud fees that will hopefully uh, be a consistent form of uh, revenue generation. So it was just a matter of circumstance mm-hmm. and you've got to be creative. You've got to be innovative and you've got to have some guts in this game to get where you want to be. And at the end of the day, it's up to Aloha West. We got like 80 some odd mares to him, which is a solid number. We would have liked to have gotten up in that hundred range, but we got a good number but at the end of the day, it's up to these stallions to prove themselves. They either talk to talk and walk to walk or they don't. And he's going to have an opportunity to do that. And it just added up that that's where we landed.
2: I will have to say, I, I saw him at Millridge. I keep my yearlings at Mill Ridge. And uh, I was, he, they pointed him out to me and got to go see him. And he looks tremendous out there.
1: He's a dude.
0: And that was cool. another part. Yeah, that was another part that. I think allowed for stallion farms to be a little hesitant is that you know he raced at age 4, won the breeder's cup. he he broke his maiden I think in February of his 4-year-old year having never run before and won the breeder's cup by the end of that year. It was insane yeah. what he accomplished in that window of time. And then we brought him back for his 5-year-old season and he ran well, but he didn't really polish off his resume. And he was a little gutted after the Breeders' Cup last year, which didn't really show off his physical attributes as well as I think mm-hmm. he could have. And now, you know, Michelle, if you've seen him recently, he's just such a stud and he's filled out. And that was another part of our analysis in holding on and rolling the dice with him is that we do think he's, he's a serious physical specimen. If he could pass that on to his offspring, we might have a shot.
2: It's funny because if he had done the same thing at two and started at two and won the Breeders' Cup and was just okay at three, no one would have a problem.
0: <laughs> nor, nor Sorry, would Eclipse right. have ever owned him. So <laughs> that that is a blessing and a curse. But you're absolutely right. You know the market is very, very particular about what is fashionable and what is not. And breaking your maiden as a late running sprinter at age four isn't exactly uh, fashionable, but. He's going to have to prove it himself. And if he does, he'll have a job for many years to come, and he'll be a great
1: ATM machine for our partnership. And if he doesn't, you know, we gave it our best shot. Yeah, that's all you can do. Aaron Wellman joining us here on the Owner's Box. Aaron, I want to shift gears. You mentioned Aloha West and his Breeders' Cup triumph. You have a, a stacked lineup for the Breeders Cup coming up at Santa Anita next week. I called actually on this podcast last week. The day that Eclipse had when you won both of the two-year-old grade ones at uh, Keeneland is one of the, I think it's actually underrated how hard that ha- is to it's do. It's never happened. It's never happened. That's what was I was it, saying. It's never happened. And you have locked and you have candied. They're both coming to the Breeders Cup. Uh, I mean, do you ever just sit back and have kind of a quiet moment alone and say to yourself, Jesus, I can't believe that that we just did that? Because that was awesome. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know how this game goes, guys. Both of you, Billy, Michelle, like, it's always what's next, right? It's the ultimate what have you done for me lately game, especially now this era of social media and websites and stats and stats and stats, you're just constantly – what's next, right? You, you have very few opportunities to just take a step back and hit the pause button and appreciate an accomplishment or something that you've done that, that is meaningful. And, you know, it's funny you ask that question in that way, because our first grade one winner was a filly called in Laundry and she won the Spencer at Keeneland. And I remember yep. Simon Bray interviewed me right after the race. And I said something at the time, which I had never said before, definitely not publicly, but I said, that's what we're in this game for is to make history. And that was like at the very infantile stage of Eclipse. And I got home a couple days later and my dad was like, well, that was awfully ballsy. And Billy, you've known my dad for (laughs) decades. And he, he would be my ultimate critic, right? You know, he doesn't mince words and Wait, certainly wait, can I, determined. Aaron,
1: can I stop you? Because I don't even know if we've had this conversation. I'm going to just di- divert for one second. Michelle, you like the story. And this gives a hint of what Aaron grew up with. We were walking out of Delmar Mar this um, summer, and I think it was the day Anna set one. Or I think. And one. Maybe she won the grade one. Maybe it was the other win. I don't remember. But I'm walking next to Mike Wilman, who's Aaron's dad. And I said, Mike. You know me, and Aaron, you know me. I'm, I, I said, great win, just like that. And Mike looked at me and he goes, is there any other kind of win, Billy? And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I, was, I looked at him and I'm like, oh, sorry, Mike, next time I'll just say to you, win. Not great. Win. <laughs> like, what the, the, that's what Aaron, that's what Aaron grew up with. So I, now you can go back to telling the story.
0: Exactly. No, that's, that, that, is a wonderful nutshell of, of my father. And, and a lot of the success that I've been fortunate enough to achieve is because of my parents and my, my dad and my mom, Corey, who were so influential in, in bringing me up in the business. But yeah, so I, I said that to Simon and it just sort of came out and my dad kind of put me in check yeah. when I got home and, you know, act like you've been there sort of thing. But it was it was sort <laughs> that, of prophetic. But
1: like, but like but like you did sometimes like wait, in this wait, game you're, especially you're you have people. to have you have to have that kind of confidence. You have to have that belief in yourself and what you're doing in order to get to those places, right? Maybe well you, you, just, you just belief. used the word yeah. Yeah,
0: Exactly, Michelle. Yeah. Billy, you just used the word belief. Well yeah. Along the same timeline, when Inlandre won this first Grade One at Keeneland for us, and I had said that's what Eclipse was formed to do—is to make history. We also came up with this moniker, "Believe Big," because, yeah. with all respect to thinking big, dreaming big, I tend to think that if you're going to actually execute, you've got to believe in it, and that's sort of the culture that we've tried to create with our partners, but getting back to your question about Candied and then Locke doubling up on the grade ones, you know, it was brought to my attention that we were the first owners in history to, to win those two races in the same year at Keeneland. And it brought me back to that moment when I said that to Simon after in Longway that's one first grade that's one. And i was thinking rough. to myself, damn, like, That's a moment that you got to just take a step back and and appreciate because it's so hard to do. I mean, look, I'm not saying that we're a small stable by any stretch of the imagination, but we really only buy 15 to 20 yearlings a year. And to see two of them within a 24-hour period when the two most prestigious and important grade ones for two-year-olds at Keeneland, which is the horse capital of the horse capital of the world, right, To have that happen is very special, and it's a tribute to our partners who put their faith into the Eclipse program, and it's just really gratifying for us to see our partners have those experiences. And then off the playing field, you know, we really do want to etch our name into the history books, and it's horses like these, it's achievements like these that allow for that to be possible. So it was a wild weekend, and I was talking to somebody else, Earlier today, and I was saying, if we're doing our job every year, the most stressful months out of the calendar are between April and May Mm -hmm. and October to November. Mm -hmm. Because if you've got an Oaks or a Derby contender or horses on that undercar that weekend in Louisville, or you've got Breeders' Cup hopefuls, you're just holding your breath from that prep race, that full month, up until you know the next uh big dance right yeah. so it's been hectic and you know after locked one it's been two and a half weeks of you know attention from Stallion Farms on him which is a great diversion it's a great distraction for me um and and you know it's possible that maybe we get something done here in the not too distant future which would which be a huge boon for our partners but Yeah, it's it's wild. And and I even said this as it related to Nest. Like, her performances last summer at Saratoga, like, it almost stopped time for me because I had been up in that grandstand so many times and applauded so many great horses as they came through the lane, winning grade ones at the spa, but never my own. And the way she dominated that summer, I could just sit back, stand up, applaud her as a fan, not even as her owner or associated with her, but just as an appreciation of a superior equine athlete. And, you know, you're right. you got to just take a deep breath on occasion, sit back and enjoy it, because these moments are so fleeting
1: and they're so hard to come by. Aaron, I want to ask a personal question. Um, you've been in this game a long time. I've watched you grow up in this game. Um, I remember your first partnership, and and now obviously with Eclipse and all the success that you had that you've had. How have you changed personally? How what would you say from the time when you started to now? How is Aaron Wellman different?
0: Oh man. I'd like to think that not much has changed. Honestly, I'd like to think I'm still that kid that loves to go to the track in the morning and bet on horses and handicap and win races. Um, so I hope, I mean, I I would hope that somebody that's known me, you know, for a long time from the beginning would say the same. It's, It's hard to sort of look at yourself introspectively that way. Um, I'd like to think that I've just grown a greater appreciation for the horses, for the horse men and women and for the game itself, because you realize when it becomes your livelihood, as opposed to your passion that you can just be a fan or a gambler, right? You're a third yeah. party spectator, right? Now it puts, Food on the table for your wife and your children, and the dynamic changes so intensely in a very short amount of time. So, I'd like to think that as I've become a professional in the industry, both of my children have been born during that window of time, and I recognize how important it is to derive a livelihood and provide a quality of life for your children, for your wife, for your family you just gain a greater appreciation for the sport as a whole and all of the players in it. Um, I don't know if that answers your question directly, but Uh, I mean, I mean, you knew me from a, from a young kid and playing sports and, and Billy and I, speaking of the record books, Billy and I share some records in the Beverly Hills high school, baseball, uh, record books, you know, but what is uh, my record? I don't know if they still stand, honestly, because you and I are both so ancient at this point, but
1: <laughs> I
0: know what, you're, you're, what year did you graduate Graduate Beverly, Billy? Uh, high school in
1: 87.
0: Okay, so you're eight years older than me. I graduated Beverly in 95, and I know for a fact that when I was playing baseball at Beverly, I tied your all-time run
1: scored record. That's awesome. Oh, I love that yeah, I love. You guys
2: that. Are, I can't believe that Billy held a record for that long,
1: you know Michelle. that's just that you know you, the fact that you don't know that I was actually a good baseball player back in the day. I know you say that I can't move at all right now, but the Aaron will tell you that back then I was pretty dang good Billy Aaron. was
0: Billy was a legend and and had it not been for some untimely injuries, I yep. think he probably had a shot to get to the show at some point, you know, but.
1: I mean, this is why we have guests like Aaron on the show. (laughs) Just because I, every once in a while, and Aaron will tell you, I think I've changed because my ego is gone now. It's just left every, every inch of my body. And Aaron's bringing it back for me. So I appreciate that.
0: No, that's good. But, but you knew me from a young age and, and we were both athletes in the same region and played D1 sports, you know, in college and, I've always been, like, a really intense personality, a fierce competitor. Like, I like winning more than I like money, and I think that shows in our stable. You know, yeah. we just like to win and win big races, and I think that's been in me from birth, and I don't yeah. think that's I changed, like and I, I, I certainly I hope like it doesn't. The,
1: I, I would like to see you smile more. I would like to. See. I think Michelle would agree, and I, you just said it. You're very intense, but like, I think, and Michelle, I know you have a question. I'm gonna get you one second. We've had other um, partnerships on the show. I mean, we've had Aaron, we've had everybody, big ones, small ones, doesn't matter. And I think, I think all of the partnerships, and correct me if I'm wrong here. If you think I'm wrong, but I think they kind of take the shape of the managing partner, and I think you are intense you're serious, you want to win, you, you value that. And I think that's really important. And is that the Eclipse brand? I would, I think, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a successful thing and I'm, I'm giving you credit for it. Yeah, no, I,
0: I appreciate that, Billy. I mean, I think that every partnership that's out there brings different attributes to the table, right? Yeah, and I agree. It's, it's a unique business because you're right. The partners sort of take the shape of their leader, so to speak, and and we saw it, you know, with Cot Campbell from the, from the outset. I don't know that anybody will ever be able to fill his shoes or be the no. character that Cot was. You're right. Um, and you know, now the space is so busy, it's so crowded, and there's so many different personalities that do what we do. But you know, your partners at Little Red Feather certainly are attracted to you and gary for a particular reason and, yeah, and I, you're. i can't figure it out I'm not really
2: attracted to gary yeah i
0: can't I, I,
1: we can't figure it out and we're still trying to we have meetings about it i bring michelle in to help us so we don't know why yeah, I mean neither neither
0: do I. Neither do I. But No, and I'm not saying about you, I'm saying about me. I
1: wasn't I wasn't saying no, I don't get it. I no, I, I kinda of
0: understand but
1: like, you guys awesome. bring a
0: different vibe to, to the partnership space than than we do. You know, we're just we're just made differently. But there's there's a place for everybody and the people that mm-hmm. enjoy the uh the amenities and the experience that you and Gary bring to the table are LRS partners, yeah. and the people that enjoy whatever it is that Eclipse represents, they're Eclipse partners. And and that's not to say that there isn't some overlap. I mean, I there think is we all overlap. Know that there, yeah, yeah, exactly. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Sometimes guys, you know, want a blend of both. You know, yeah. if they want to go out on the veranda and have a good time, that's that's their LRS day. And if they want to you know, hang out in the box seat area and do their thing with us, they can do that. So it's there to each their own. And look, I think you'd agree with this statement. We need, we need every single stakeholder in the game mm-hmm. to be treated well, treated honestly. And as long as that's the case, I don't care where any of these people land in terms of the partnership space. We just need them invested in the game and, and hopefully for a long time, you know, could, we can could cultivate relationships. Couldn't movie, have said movie. it
1: better myself, Michelle. I know you have a question. And we, I, by the way, I, Michelle, we've spoken right to Aaron now, for a like, half.
2: I told Aaron 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, and, we've like, spoken an to him. Girl math for sure. <laughs>
0: That's on me. It's, yeah, I'm just verbose, for, for so my. <laughs> no, problem.
1: it's good, Michelle. Well, ask I
2: can, one more question. Honestly, I have 25 more questions no, that, like, more. I keep you on the show for one like more. as long as you Fire,
1: fire me. away,
0: fire Go away, Michelle. I'm actually. I'm actually watching my daughter ride right now at her barn, which is sort of my little reprieve. So I'm away from the computer. I'm not taking any other calls or answering any other texts. There I'm you all go. yours. I want to know
2: what kind of uh, riding does your daughter do?
0: She's a jumper. Yeah, she's uh, the faster she can go, the higher she can jump, the happier she is. So she's a little daredevil. Our agreement awesome. is she's just not allowed to get on that racetrack.
2: <laughs> be careful a, it's, a, it's a, a very very slippery slope aaron that's a
0: smart one aaron. it is and as you might imagine knowing the fact that i'm pretty vertically challenged as is my wife she's a little peanut so a jockey is not out of the equation in terms of aaron i'm gonna i'm
2: gonna help you out right here are you ready introduce Bring her it. to polo <laughs> oh
1: that's dangerous too michelle
2: uh, no it polo Honestly, oh, I, awesome. I did three-day eventing. A, I showed a rabies. I did all this stuff. And when I started polo, I was like, where has this been my whole life? It satisfied every equine urge that you have. All
1: right, Michelle. Really? a bad that question. That's, that's terrible. <laughs>
2: question. Get her into polo. Okay. I want to know how many horses is it clips up to right now?
0: That's a really good question, um, including our breeding stock, which, you know, we've we've formed partnerships to support Aloha West so we got a bunch of brood mares and babies on the ground and stuff like that uh, we're in the 150
1: range right now oh my
2: goodness crazy that, hey okay. michelle,
1: michelle i know you have this is my turn to be all right go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead
2: now what do you have to say go ahead
1: no, you know, he mentioned something, and I actually listen to when people answer the question, so I do follow-ups on that rather than just write down, like, why Eclipse has baby blue and black as their colors. You know what I mean, Michelle? mm mm-hmm. um, So, Aaron, and you you mentioned partnerships. I think one of the interesting trends that I, – and I, I don't know if you've started it, but I see West Point do it more, you guys do it more, is get in these bigger horses with guys like Mike Rapoli and others – that didn't always used to be the case. What changed? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. So
0: I think the entire landscape of horse ownership changed when the bottom dropped out of the economy in 08, 09. I know that's going back a ways and it's like 15 years or so ago. But if you recall, when the economy Fell to pieces with the subprime mortgage crisis. Everybody was kind of caught with their pants down. People were overleveraged financially, and in our industry specifically, I think people realized that they have got to trim the fat. You cannot be involved in volume, and in turn, what it created was a situation where people were focusing more on quality over quantity. And the purse structure is such, you know, I mean, we all know it costs just as much to maintain a $5,000 horse as it does a $500,000 horse. So people began to focus on the quality and trying to play at the upper echelon of the sport, because that's what could potentially make financial sense. And on top of it, people want to be competing on the big days in the big races at the big venues so there's become this whole movement towards it and now you see titans of industry you know windsor yeah. coolmore yeah. stone street the who's who of the industry micropoli vinnie viola sf Madaket, starlight it's just incredible to see individuals and operations that you never in a million years would have thought 10 years ago would be partnered with one person, let alone several on any given horse. And now you've got these conglomerates that are forming partnerships together, putting together huge amounts of capital to buy specific types of horses. Sure. And if you want to compete at that level, You've got to form alliances of your own. And it's something that we've done with precision and selectivity. You know, it's not yeah. something that yeah. we do on an annual basis where we go out like the Avengers and put together $15, $20 million and go and buy just stallion prospect profiles horses. Um, it's sort of on a one-off, one-by-one basis, and we've been really fortunate. One of the first times we ever did it was when we partnered to buy Tappert as a yearling with right. you know, John Malone, Radlewood Farm and Bob LaPenta, and thankfully he rang the bell. He won the Belmont, and we got a stallion deal done with Gainesway. But, you know, it's it's one of those one-off opportunities that come around a few times a year that we've got a certain demographic of partners that want to play in that realm at that level. So we go hunting for those types and yeah, you yeah, hope you exactly. been on the right ones.
1: No, you know, it makes sense. And I'm gonna turn it over to Michelle for once in one second, but I wanna say and you'll understand this because you were in it way back in the day, but and you said ten years ago, when we first started, people laughed at partnerships. People, you know, there. People like the all the people you mentioned, all the big farms and all the big people. They would never. They would have laughed. Oh, why would I need to partner with them? I have enough money to do this myself. This is the sport of kings. The, our sport has changed, anyway. big time. You know, partners
0: are the rule now, not the exception. Right? Exactly. You, exactly. You look at the program at any racetrack across the country on any given day. And the sole owner or sole proprietor is very rare. Yeah. Now you see multiple owners, whether they're formal partnerships like Little Red Feather or Eclipse, or individuals that are banding together to own horses together. It's absolutely taken over the business. And, you know, there's some positives and there's some negatives, but it's here and it's here to stay.
1: I agree. Michelle, I'll let you wrap it up because we're going on headed towards 40 minutes, which is way longer than we asked Darren to do
2: so I, I, as you're talking about kind of the all encompassing um horse population of Eclipse with all your partners and everything, it does also spread into Europe and now into jumpers. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about um about both your European venture and your jumpers with avon?
0: That is so wild. I mean I honestly never thought in a million years that we would be participating in the steeplechase game and i don't know
2: i love it i love it i love this it
0: this could be a one and done situation michelle honestly wait so, wait what do you mean
1: is, is is there no um eclipse harness because that and quarter horses that's what michelle wants
2: oh yeah i can get you a nice uh, eclipse quarter horse i've gotten into mission quarter horse we can go partners on her
0: <laughs> oh my goodness honestly like i i am I'm stretched to my limit at this point, but the the people chasing – so a Bon is a horse that we bought off of Shadwell a couple of years ago, and he turned into a really good turf marathoner for us. I think he won two graded stakes and another stake. He was just a lot of fun, and he went sour on us last year after the Belmont Gold Cup, and we just – couldn't... He saw all the money
2: I was betting on him, and he was like, wait, what's going on right
1: now? That's exactly what happened. Michelle cooled him.
0: Uh, That was the answer. So maybe if you don't bet him, we could bring him back to the flat. Um, No, and so we were just perplexed, because there was nothing physically wrong with him. He had just gone sour on us. So we were going to kick him out, and right before we did that, we've got a great partner out in Kentucky, a guy named uh, Dr. Joe Fowler. And Dr. Fowler tinkers with the jumpers and and he plays in that game. So as you know, we're going through this process and I'm trying to articulate to our partners, what are we going to do with a bond? Uh, he offered up this idea of sending him down to Camden, South Carolina to a trainer called Kate Dalton. And whether he took to the timbers, as they say, or not,
1: <laughs> um, I like that. It
0: might resuscitate him and rejuvenate him to come back to the flat. So we were like, cool, let's give it a shot. Our partners were game to do it. And this horse got down there, and he took to this like a duck to water. He ran for the first time in August, I think, and he opened up like seven lengths in the lane. He didn't know what he was doing. He timed it wrong, and he got nailed on the wire. Uh, And then he learned from his mistake. He kicked ass. Second time, and then we took a really big swing running him in this hundred thousand dollar hurdle stake at the Far Hills meet this past weekend. And sure enough,
1: he was the son
0: of a gun, got it
1: done, (laughs) and he did it like really impressively. That's amazing, it was
0: really cool. And I gotta admit, like if he was running up the track, I'd be like, never again. But honestly, he is loving his job, and you guys know it you're around horses every day, and you see when horses are enjoying themselves and yeah. they're happy and they're vibrant and they're willing and it has just turned this horse's life around and it it's a really great learning lesson like you know just like little red feather and a bunch of partnership groups and individuals are eclipse is huge on aftercare and we take a lot of pride in making sure that our horses are not just placed safely but the ones that can have secondary careers get that opportunity And this has just been a unique venture for us that has been so gratifying and so cool. And it's taken our partners into a whole new dimension of the industry that I'm not sure we'll ever be able to replicate it, but it's been a lot of fun. And it just goes to show you that, you know, you got to keep your mind open when you've got a sound course that. Needs another job, maybe they'll find their new calling. And I, I, certainly I think has. His,
2: third, his third job might be right to your daughter if she, uh, oh my <laughs> god, that would faster. be
0: insane! That would be yeah, awesome. he's like 17,2 and she's like four foot
1: nothing. Perfect. So I'm, <laughs>
0: this, I'm, I'm, this, I'm hoping that that's yeah. not the case. This but is the
1: second we, time on this call that Michelle has tried to put your daughter in peril. I don't like it one day.
0: No, not just put her in peril, like, affect my checkbook, too. Do you have <laughs> any idea how expensive these ventures are? Yes, like, yes. We, we actually have one retired racehorse that um, we we still maintain a connection to, personally, as a family, and that's Ohio, who won the Kilro Mile for us a great I wanted that horse,
2: ago. by the way. I put in my bid for him.
1: He is the
0: coolest dude, and he, he's over at Maggie House's out in East County, San Diego, the daughter of Mike House, and he loves his job. He does these up-down lessons, and some cross rails, and he's just having the time of his life. But, yeah, we've got enough horses. Thank you very much, Michelle.
2: Okay, that's Polo can be cheaper because she can work and pay off her stuff. Okay, my, my last question, my last question. Okay. I just want to know who names your horses because your names are so freaking good.
0: Yeah, that's another source of pride. And, like, growing up, um, I just always had this belief that good horses had good names.
1: Yeah. And I thought that
0: Claiborne Farm, like, was the pinnacle of naming horses they were so clever with these one word names that were Mm -hmm. just a very intelligent play on the top side and bottom side of the pedigree so I had always admired that and whenever I had told myself I had the opportunity to name my own horses or horse or horses uh that's what I was going to try to emulate so It's become so hard nowadays. I mean,
1: it seems like
0: every name or word you come up with is taken or there's something close to it. But we, you know, live by the notion that a, a good horse has a good name and we try to be clever and give our partners you know some fun doing it but it's this is not a naming by committee situation it's pretty much myself
1: my right-hand
0: woman kelsey marshall who's been with me from day one i like you know our internal team brian jack sean uh andrew bill but it's yeah this is this is not a democracy when it comes to naming horses for the most part
1: um but yeah
0: i appreciate you you saying that because uh
1: we we do have fun with it. All right, let's let's leave you with this. We have the Breeders' Cup next week. I know the lineup has the two two-year-olds and there's others that I'm sure uh, I'm missing. That maybe you could just why don't you run down the the Eclipse Breeders' Cup lineup and just give us like a hey, I think this horse has a real chance. Well, or, like
2: the other horse would well, be Anna and she's not running, right?
1: No, I know she's not running.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, we've literally just, and I shouldn't say just, it's a
1: huge they honor have to have two.
0: any horse, but let alone the two. Yeah. We've got the two babies. Yeah. We're bypassing with nest. We're going right. to wait hopefully until next year with set and queen goddess queen was goddess. very tempting to throw in the entry box. Uh-huh, we uh-huh. did not do so and okay. we were running the gold over the day after. So yeah, we've got two bullets to fire with candied and locked touch wood and, uh, I'd like to think that they're both live. You know, the Philly race is going to be a war. Camara looks like she's just cut from a different cloth, man. Yeah. You know, I don't know if she shows up the way she looks like she's capable. I think everybody's running for minor awards, but there's no telling how good Candy might be. She's certainly acting like there's no ceiling to her capabilities and locked as a horse that, uh, man, you know, we just think he's, he's different and hopefully he shows up on the championship day.
1: You sound pretty high on him. That's good, Michelle. Let's make a note of that for our uh, for our draft next week. Uh, what a treat. Really appreciate it. First of all, from me, congratulations to all your success. I'm, I'm proud uh, of everything you've accomplished, and, and you put the partnerships in good light um, with everything that you do. So thank you for coming on and spending the time for us to do, with us today, and good luck next week. Likewise, guys. Appreciate all you do. I know
0: it's a it's a thankless job doing these shows, but any positive exposure we can bring the industry is is good for everybody. So, thank you for doing what you do. And uh, right back at you. Good luck to your stables as well.
1: All right, thank that's you Aaron Aaron. Later, buddy. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, Michelle. Well, um, didn't think we were going to talk for forty five minutes, but we did.
2: He was honestly I have like twenty other things I could have asked him to. We didn't even get into like so we didn't even get into like the whole basis of eclipse. Like I know, was, but
1: we had talked about that I like know, before. I, know. I will know, say like, Aaron
2: Wellman is probably one of my favorite people hands down to interview because he is so eloquent and he always oh, has he's
1: got a he's got a legal background. He's very smart.
2: Yeah, he yeah, he is a, a lawyer. Um but it's it's just really nice to interview people that are informed and capable of expressing without being you know too high on a horse or too low on a horse um i like you said, he's a little serious, but I think it comes off really well i I could talk to Aaron Wellman all day.
1: I can talk to you all day.
2: I do talk to you all day. <laughs>
1: Oh, Michelle, you're the best. All right, what do we have? By the way, great guest. A lot of times, just so you guys out here, they're listening, know, I don't know who the guest is. And we've done <laughs> it that way for a long time because I don't really – this is going to sound odd, but I don't like to do homework. I like to kind of be surprised. I like most of the people we know anyway, so there's plenty of stuff to talk about. And when Michelle so, told Aaron Woman, I was like, wow, oh, my God, okay, let's let's get Aaron back on. That's awesome. So – um that's how that goes. Anyway, Michelle, what's coming up at Santa Anita this weekend in the pre-ult, pre, excuse me, I'm going to say that again, penultimate weekend prior to the Breeders' Cup?
2: So we're going to have a really fun weekend. So we're going to do the Spooktoberfest, which is yes. the infield's going on. There's going to be a pumpkin thing. There are rides and slides and horseback rides, and there's going to be a hay maze. There is also, um I don't know what they're calling it, but basically they're hiding like Halloween type Easter eggs and you have to go find them okay. uh, so that there's like a little thing like that for smaller kids. We're also going to be doing the weenie dog races and <laughs> costume contest on Sunday, which we know what? people love the weenie dogs.
1: What happened to the bulldog races? I'm waiting for that. Is that not happening anymore?
2: The blocks are just not as sound as the weenies. Okay. <laughs> they, yeah. they have breathing issues, and it's really hard for them to run at the heat. Um, right. I, I don't know what's coming. So the these we- are
1: the Wiener Nationals? Is this what this No, is?
2: this is not the Wiener Nationals. That, oh. That's held in July, but this is a weenie dog race, and we're going to be having heats on the infield, and then we'll have the finals down the track, and it is also a costume contest. So I oh. actually did, like, a Good Day LA show this morning, and there were, like, eight weenies there, and they were all dressed up. One of them was Chewbacca. One of them oh, was nice. Belgium, Beauty and the Beast. One of them was a Frappuccino, and her name is Latte. She was super cute. So yeah. we'll see that. Also, um, we are curating from Smorgasbord LA pop-up pizza places this weekend. And so they're going to be um, right on the apron I tried one this morning, and it was called Adam Z Pizza Stop, and it's a guy. He owns a place uh, called Farini, I think it is, in L.A., and okay. they do wood-fired pizzas. He's from Sicily. They were amazing, like, really right. thin, crispy crust. He also does, like, a deep dish uh, Sicilian pizza that has, like, spicy sausage on it. It's really good also, and exclusively for this, he – his friend makes cheese, and so they made black cheese. Ooh! And like it's like this beautiful mozzarella. And I tried it like with my eyes closed. So I wanted to know if it tasted different. Like it tastes just like it. It has no funky taste. It's all natural. Like stuff to make it black. It's super super cool. So if you're out there, order a spooky pizza.
1: Spooky pizza. I got it. Spooky pizza. Okay, that's it. That's it. It's gonna be fun. All right, Um, next week is our draft, which will be really fun. We are part of the In the Money Media Network. If you are looking for Michelle Yu, at the Michelle Yu, at BKLRF, at Own a Horse is our Twitter handle or our X handle on the X on Twitter. I don't know how to say that. Um, Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. If you have any horse racing questions or suggestions for the show, feel free to reach out. Michelle, exciting times. Looking forward to Breeders' Cup next week is the – have you, have you felt like a little more hype than we felt? Because I, I felt like it was a little quiet. No? Well, I
2: think it's, look, there's hype in the air because like now if you come on track, we have tents set up and the structures are all built and the merchandise is in. But I think this week when we get all the horses shipping in, it's going to get really exciting. I, really hypey? Yeah.
1: Okay, let's do it. Michelle, great talking to you. Great guest. Thanks to Aaron Willman for coming on the show. Eclipse Thoroughbreds uh, always does a great job. And to all of you out there, we appreciate you listening and all the feedback. Thank you very much uh, from the bottom of our hearts. We will do our draft next week. We will do a whole Breeders' Cup recap afterwards uh, the following week, and we'll go from there. Right, Michelle? Absolutely. See you guys.
2: Bye.